0: welcome back to friends like us marina franklin here your host this week on friends it's a great group of friends and this episode could help you figure out your financial future do you budget like what's going on i know it's a tough time and yes of course we discussed the slap slap that was heard around the world help me welcome back zaynab johnson in 2019 zaynab was named one of variety's top 10 comics to watch she was one of the hosts for Netflix's new show, 100 Humans. And you can catch her right now as Alicia on season two of the Amazon Prime comedy series Upload. And it is one of those shows that I love streaming. So check it out. Upload. She's been on season one, season two. I mean, this woman is a star. Zainab made her first late night stand up appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers and has also had appearances on HBO's All deaf Comedy and you may have caught our beautiful star last week on the Drew Barrymore show and help me welcome back it's been way too long she performed for our live show in Toronto Hodo Hersey. Hodo is a Toronto-based comedian whose comedy can be seen on Just for Laughs the Winnipeg Comedy Festival Halifax Comedy Festival and the BBC in 2019 Hodo was selected as CBC's 15 comics to watch and was part of Sephora's national get limpy lipstick campaign in partnership with fashion magazine where she was profiled as one of the three female comedians taking canada by storm right now and we agree our new friend and it is an honor to have her here she's gonna help us figure out how to budget Sharita humphrey after hitting financial rock bottom Sharita had to rebuild her life and make it stronger. She turned her knowledge of finance into a way to help those silently struggling, both personally and financially. She worked as a tax examiner and auditor for the state of Texas for some time and saw the daily impact of middle-class business owners consistently struggling with not only their business finances, but also their personal finances. Her experience includes teaching and speaking at several organizations and events, including the Women's Resource Center of Houston and Covenant Community Capital. Her work has been published in several magazines, such as Credit Karma, and has allowed her to be a brand ambassador for a debt boot camp program with Capital One. She was also asked to speak at Covenant House Houston National Night Out event to help bring awareness to the growing epidemic of homelessness and raise money for the homeless teens in Houston. So welcome to our show, Sherita. It's good to have you here. Now on April 20th, yes, that's 420. If you're in New York City, you can check me out at the Chelsea Music Hall for the Night of Laughter, Games, and Fun, which will feature stand up comedy, Battleicious, Freestyle Rap Battle, access to a secret after party hosted by Patrick Cloud and Darren Brand, and Go Go Dinosaurs. So that's a fun time. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on apple Podcasts, you can email us at friends like us at gmail instagram is friends like us podcast and twitter's friends like us 10 become more than a friend leave us a tip or donation by going to our patreon page go to patreon backslash friends like us special shout out to our patreon friends and our friends who came to the comedy shows thank you stacy came out and saw us performing live. Really appreciate it. It's because of you, it's because of people like you. We keep going. Merch is available, we have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Just go to my website, marinofranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, we've been off for two weeks, but we're going back this week. I'll be going live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, and my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guests from the podcast stop by. And sometimes, like I said, we offer free stuff, like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. Um, There is a variant out there. Get vaccinated. Booster up and Black Lives Matter. All right. And welcome to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. And it is a lovely group we have today. We have... Um, we're one week behind so obviously everything that just happened we'll be talking about a one week after it's been a hot topic but that's all good um and we have a young lady here today um a new friend fast track to friends (laughs) sharita sharita humphrey everybody welcome sharita welcome to friends like us it's good to have you here we also have um, Hodo, am I saying your name right? It's been a long time, so I apologize if I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. No, it's um. So it, it's a Somali name. It's pronounced Hodo Hersi,
1: but because Hold those wrong. sounds don't exist in the English language, the vanilla version of my name is Hodo Hirsi. So, like, if people can't say that, you know, I don't fault oh. them. They just, you know, you Ho- can say Hodo, Hodo or Hodo. You know, Hodo, Hodo.
0: Okay, so Hodo. I like to get it right. Okay, that's yeah, that's I there mean you I go. mess it up all the time, but I want to say it right. Ho hovro is a beautiful holdo, name. Hovo, Ho holdo.
1: No, hovel. It's almost holdo. like a th sound. Hovel. Ho hovro. Hovo. Yeah. The second one was was the right one. Yeah.
0: Hovro. Yeah, ho yeah. I got it. I got yeah. it. Because it's, it's a beautiful name the way it's it sounds.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate
0: yes. that. Yeah. Yes. I have a friend named Ariatna. And no one can say her name right. I'm the only one. What language is that in? That's Puerto Rican. She's Spanish. Oh, okay, so it's a Spanish name. That's it's cool. a Latin, Latinx, or Latin. Um, yeah, Ariadna. But I've seen reporters say that name wrong constantly in the news. They'll say Ariana, <laughs> and it's Ariadna, which is a beautiful name right. when you say Ariadna. Jojo is yeah, a beautiful ho, name yeah. when you say it right. Why yeah. someone wouldn't want to say it right is on them, you know? Well, no, and, like
1: sometimes just people that only speak English or just haven't been exposed to other languages. Like, I don't fault them necessarily. You know, and they make an effort, you know.
0: I fault them. Yeah. And I fault myself. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And like Zainab has a beautiful name, too. But some people will say Zainab. Right. Zaynab. Welcome, Zainab.
2: Hey, yeah, they say a lot of things. But I think though is a little bit. More, I mean, if, you, if you're an English speaker, usually H O O is not a whole and a D is not a T H, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I would understand if somebody read her name and did not get the pronunciation correct,
0: you know, right. but after
2: she says it, if they choose not to make an effort, then that's like shitty. But yeah, yeah people mess up my name all the time. I just say I love my name, but like. In, like, really temporary circumstances, I always just say Z. Like, that, I'd rather hear the letter Z than people butcher my name.
0: Yeah. Marina gets Mariana. Um, I was going to
2: say, but I like when I'm out the country and I say, just say Z and people are like Zed. I really like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, Zed feels natural to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Marina, I would think is an easy name, but I get all kinds of variations of my name and I I let it go. I let them. Marina is unacceptable. (laughs) Right. But I've gotten Marina, um, Mariana, Marlena, Mariana is okay because that's that's the Spanish way of saying my name. Mari, they say for short. Hey, Mari or Mary. They say Mary. Haitians say Mary all the time. Mary. (laughs) so I let it go I'm like this is fun (laughs) Um, but it is a great episode to have because Sharita, this is one of the things I talk often with um, Zainab on is financial stability you know um, budgeting future uh, getting older and putting money away for retirement uh, we just came out of a pandemic where for two years, people were as, as my last episode or the episode before we talked about the addiction, the America's addiction to real estate, their porn addiction and <laughs> the real estate porn addiction. And so I think in the two years that we've been locked away, everyone's sort of going, what did I do wrong? Um, let me rethink everything, how I've been planning my finances, what are you seeing coming out of this? And I feel like the pandemic is over. According to everyone else, it seems to be done. But what are you what are you seeing financially are some habits that people or mistakes they've made?
3: I think that, you know, Financial Literacy Month is definitely a time for us to all take stock of our financial well-being. That's clear. Of course, April is National Financial Literacy Month. And I think that this is a great time because kind of do some of that spring financial cleaning, doesn't matter if you're making 25000 or a million. Everybody was impacted in some way when it comes to um, our finances. Uh, we, caught, we, we saw businesses close. We saw people lose homes. And unfortunately, people like my, and even experiences that I saw on the ground, people even became homeless doing this because they were already in a situation where they were living paycheck to paycheck or vendor to vendor if you were a small business. So for me, I've seen a lot of, I didn't know it was this bad because they were consistently getting paid, but slowing things started to slow down, things closing up, us not being able to go outside really impacted a lot of businesses, even online. We would have thought a lot of online businesses were struck, didn't see that struggle, but they did, especially I mean, when the supply chain happened. And we're still experiencing this now. So a lot, we depended so much on so many other countries for us to be able to maintain a great supply chain that many businesses are still having an impact for this. We're waiting on things that normally took a day or two or a week or two. Now it's taking maybe a month. I know people who've ordered furniture, for example, and it's took six months or a car. Like right now we're ordered a car in November. We won't have it until August of this year. So it's a thing that's still ongoing and even though we're back outside in a sense, we're still in a situation where many are still trying to recover financially and trying to figure out what to do next because some of them were in a great had great job security, but a lot of those businesses unfortunately let a lot some were laid off, even some of our pilots in the in the airlines, we're seeing so many increased rates. We love to travel. Let's just be honest, ladies. We love to travel. It's, it's, it's We like to be able to see new places, but it's costing us so much money to do those things that we were used to doing at a lower cost. And so it's unfortunate that this is continuing to happen, but I want people to know let's use this second quarter, let's use this financial literacy month to really commit to Budgeting, and I'm glad, Marina, that you talk about that because your bu- your budget is your blueprint. That's your financial blueprint. That's going to let you know what's going in and out because a lot of times with this digital age, it's money is out of sight, out of mind because we've gotten used to plastic or just having something where we can Apple pay, for example. We don't really think about, oh, my gosh, how much money am I spending until someone like myself says, hey, have you looked at your bank statements in the last 30, 60 or 90 days? And most people are, are like, it, they kind of give you that same blank stares or that fear. You see that fear in their face, almost like if they were going to a dentist for that root canal. They kind of have that same thing. They're like, oh, I just, if I don't look at it, it's not real. So I want people to commit to looking at their finances and not making it a out of sight, out of mind.
0: Yeah, I always wait until the tax moment where I'm like breaking down my expenses. I don't know about you both, uh, if you do that, like it's, it's always too late. And then I go, but I do like tax year because I do end up looking at how much, you know, seamless or door dash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I definitely, I, I don't know what you guys spend that you're looking at, but for me, I'm like, I got to start cooking and prepping my food more. Yeah. I mean, what, what would I go ahead? Oh, I was just gonna say, like for for food specifically.
1: I mean, I mean, I I only just started to earn like a decent salary in this mm-hmm. business because I'm in a writer's room. So what I do for for food is I try not to use any of the apps, and I just like will take out hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month that I'll go. Okay, well this is just the money I'm gonna spend on food take out that's it you know and like going to like the movie theater or whatever you know so that way I like I have a visual of how much money I've spent and how much is actually left Mm. over I don't know if that's actually sustainable but it's working so far you know (laughs) paying for things with cash I don't know how effective that is long term but yeah that that's just what I've been doing
0: well can she still she could still write that off if she keeps the receipts right
3: yes You definitely can. You You just have to have paper receipts, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I usually take a photo of all the receipts and then I email it to myself, so I have like a digital. It's just on my email kind of thing.
0: And there's some great Zayda. What do you do? I'm curious. What What are you saying, Sharita? There's some great apps. Yeah,
3: some great receipt apps that makes it easier (laughs) to just kind of yeah, definitely use those receipt apps because it makes it so much easier, and your tax professional will love you for it.
1: Oh, you got to tell us what
3: are the apps we got to know Sherita so uh, the what <laughs> <laughs> so a few of them that I, I I definitely um love will just depend on if you want the free versions of them or if you decide that you want them but I always say go to your um, app store because most of the time when you say I say that I like something then the, you I say read the reviews <laughs> but they mm, are all okay. so definitely read those reviews because you want to make sure that it makes sense to what you're doing and what and what your business is but it will make it so much easier if you if you do that if you're going to be using cash which i think for you Hoda, i it is sustainable because i do that as well and even though i i even though i am i tell them i always say that i'm the financial trailblazer in my family i still take out things and i have me on my budget but i do this in a way for cash because i always want to make sure that i keep a connection with my money
1: that's fair yeah that's fair the pig Sorry, one you MRI have on she has on
0: her site though, the pig
3: app. What's oh, that? receipt hog. So the receipt hog is I love this. You can snap every receipt from shopping, food, um, clothing, and they give you points back. I love it because you can turn those points into cash um and or v or gift cards. So this is another way for you for you to be able to. Put some money back into your budget in a passive way because you're doing it anyway, or to be able to use it for your I like to call fun money. So that way, that's something that you're spending your money on that you are already going to be spending money on, like your groceries. I snap everything. If it's a receipt, I snap it. That's why I love Receipt Hog. Um, And I like Fetch Rewards. For all of our foodies who are doing all the grocery shopping, they also have a great, great um, cash back system as well. And you can get cash back in um, gift cards or you can do any restaurants, spas, you name it. They have a relationship with it. So that one's Fresh Rewards. And my other um, financial favorite is definitely Receipt Hog. Zainab, you were going to
0: say oh. something.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was... Oh, so I put everything on my American Express, which is probably terrible. I mean, from a quarter at a parking meter to, you know, something like a a lavish vacation or something. Um, And that is a really lazy, but really effective way of keeping track of everything. Um, But sometimes at the end of a billing statement, when I get the statement, I'm like, I spent 15000 dollars this month. on work, mm. you know? And so I do, I do think that I am one of the people that are suffering from like things going out, um, in not realizing it because of plastic, you know, because I'm it's I'm putting it all on plastic. But I think the interesting thing about our professions too is I also take in a lot of cash too via stand-up. And so sometimes I'll be like, I'll get like all of this cash, like not all of this cash, but like, let's like, okay, I just stay, I I perform at the comedy store, right? And so last night they handed me like a bunch of pay that I hadn't picked up in like a month, right? And I'm like, ooh, like it's about two thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah, ooh, two thousand dollars. I, I guess I'm buying those pants I wanted, you know? Like I, to yeah, me, it's kind of yeah. like, um, like the stand up cash is like like fun money um but i also feel like my lifestyle like i'm budgeted enough sharita where like i i know i was very strategic in how i planned my mortgage i was very and i account for things as they come in so i'm not i know exactly what i'm making for example like um let's say i do a a, a little while ago, I had to do like something for social media. Right. And I would normally not disclose this, but since we're on a financial podcast, you know, it would make sense. And for me to do that small little simple job, it was like about $15,000. Right. And so I didn't go like, oh, I'm going to put that money in my account. I immediately said, these are my house taxes. And so I just, it's just now my house taxes. I don't don't have to think about that this year because it's already done. I don't have to think about that money. I don't have to think about the house taxes. It's already done. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think that there's like um, probably a really untraditional and chaotic method to my madness. Um, and it really is just coming from me figuring out what best works for me because I do not have any examples. I come from the upbringing of you might be a kid where the electric bill is in your name. Your parents are, you know what I'm saying? Like for a small portion of my childhood, we were on food stamps. Like I come from that and I don't blame my parents at all. How could you teach somebody something you don't know? I think that when it comes to financial literacy, my biggest gripe is like, this is much more valuable to be teaching in schools than a lot of the things that, that that people that you know kids are learning throughout every aspect of elementary from pre-k all the way to college level. you know these are like you the fact that they're not teaching us how to do our taxes when it's a mandatory thing the moment we enter the workforce is like crazy. Yeah. But let me tell right. you what I've never had to I, 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 I've never used trigonometry and I was I'm a math major and I've never used trigonometry after. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've never had to... Uh, listen, even when you know biology and you know your body and you go to a doctor, they don't listen to you. Teach us how to do right. our taxes.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I missed... I, I got cut. I had to leave and then come back. But you said right. that you put all of your expenses on your your credit card, you said? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. I
2: was about to say you got to listen to the podcast, although... <laughs> okay,
1: okay, all right. I'm gonna listen. Listen, my internet cut out, no, so I have to leave. Oh, no. fine, fine. I'll. No, I'll, yeah.
2: no, I'm kidding. But yeah, I do put like I. I have a business. I let. Me, I'll be more specific. I have a business American Express, and I have a personal. And just insert whatever credit card. Like this is not a commercial for American Express. Insert whatever yeah. credit company you like. You know, and so I have a business one, and then I have a personal one. Um, and then I have one other one that I only use when I am out the country, just because the bent, the way the card is set up, it's just better for uh, international travel and every single thing. So I have a record. I don't care how small it is. I have a record of exactly what I'm spending. Now, yeah, could I budget better? Could I spend less? Absolutely. But at least I, I have a record of every every single thing that's coming out and going in yeah if that
0: makes sense so yeah. what sharita what do you hear in what zainab is saying which is very you know i usually talk to zainab too about like financial stuff you know cause she's way ahead of the game and i'm kind of older but late in the game like do you see anything like which cuz i do a similar thing to what zainab does with the credit cards like i just that way, I at the end of the year, I just look and I go, oh, that's that. And then, like, I have Chase Bank, I guess, and I'm seeing that they're in oh, trouble. You sound so dissatisfied with them <laughs> because I because I I'm seeing how they're in trouble. I'm reading like one of the articles will show that they're one of the ones that have been doing some very bad practices. Mm-hmm. But they do they do this new thing where they show where your spending is. They itemize like where all your you know, different, like fun, like food, like rent, like they, they'll they break it down. I also have Quicken, which I use now to break down. I hope I said that right. Sometimes you I say words wrong. Okay. <laughs> that break down um, my bank as well. So in what Zainab was saying, is there anything? So one of the oh. things
3: that I'm glad that she's kind of talked about this is because it's always a disparity, you know, and it, um, yeah. People of color are at the bottom of every social economic status, whether that's wealth, education, finances, credit. And so I'm glad that, you know, Zainab did mention about um, the credit piece. The great thing is that she's doing and I just want to say to you is that. First, there's a difference between budgeting and paying bills. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what you're doing is you're paying bills. So what I encourage you to do is take that same thing and kind of just plan out. And remember, a budget is fluid. It's going to change depending on some of those variable expenses, but you can start to plan out. People are always shocked when I say I budget for my, my husband and I for the year, and then I pay our bills quarterly. Because some of those things we already know that we're going to pay, like our insurance, our car insurance, it's going to save you more money if you go ahead and pay it in advance. Some of those things that you can do, like your mortgage, you can pay those in it, you know, pay get start getting ahead of that. Because now that fund money that you forgot about, you ha- you're well ahead, even if it's just a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And so this is how I've been, help- been able to help hundreds of people get out of debt or reduce their debt because you have to... When we're trying to, in that same stage or that same month or that same week, trying to pay... Um, a bill or try to figure out what we're going to do, it can kind of make us feel like, okay, you get into that cycle. Well, I know this is going to be due at this date, but let's kind of start planning those things out. Let's list all those those expenses that you know that are going to stay like your mortgage. Can you start paying towards a little bit more of that towards the, the next month? And the reason why I say that is because we saw this pandemic uh, it only takes one, maybe two paychecks, depending on what your tax bracket is and people end up in financial trouble. So that's why I always try to tell people, get ahead of some of the things that you know that you're going to spend anyway and then be able to utilize this because you talked about credit. Um, and I'm glad we're segwaying, segwaying to credit because how we sp- how how we pay our bills affects our credit, depend- especially when it's credit cards. Um, and even though, um, there's credit, you know, like, especially on that personal side, we like credit, you know, it, it gives us more purchasing power. We don't have to use the money readily available. We, we should always have what we're going to spend and pay back each and every month because you don't want to get into a crazy cycle where you're starting to be charged interest for those payments that may be 25 cents or $25. When you start looking at it, I don't know if you you guys have ever looked at that, that little I did box yesterday. That, yeah, looked at that and box. that like, says, what? <laughs> "If you if you don't pay this off and you just pay the minimum balance for the next 12 months, it could take you three years to pay it off." And so, a lot of times, we're not thinking about that. So that's why I always tell people: try to get into a situation where you're budgeting. It's small. You don't have to do. You don't have to. Um, if you're pen and paper, Excel, Mint. There, You know, Mint.com, there's so many budgetings. I know, uh, Marina, you're with Chase. They have some things there. Depending on your banking institution, they, they know that they have to start to educate people more. But I do like, Marina, that you said, and um, all of us are, agree that... I'm not using half home ec. You know, I'm, I'm not what they taught me. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm not using some of that math when I'm doing my budget. But these kids are graduating high school and going into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt, car, car loans, even before they hit 21. So we have to be able to teach them while they're young. So that's why I'm an advocate of, as soon as they can talk, teach them about money. Show don't yep. whether it's from a dollar store, your Target or Walmart. Let don't let them think that the money's just growing on trees, because that starts negative money behaviors or mindsets. That you know what, my parents are going to bail me out, or I'm going to try to figure something out. And I say that and Z- Zainab, we share our same story. I'm from the not so great part of Houston. I live in Texas, and you know I don't blame my parents. They can't teach me what they what they didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. But it was, un- but what we, what, what, where we are now, we can teach those that are behind us, but we can also teach our parents if they, if we're, if we're privileged to still have them because yeah. my mom came from an era cause she had me late in life. She was born in the forties where if you didn't have it, you didn't borrow it. So they, she didn't believe in it. It took her to her seventies to be able to get into a path, to be able to establish credit. Because she didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to her. But you have to remember the era that she grew up in. But I can tell you guys, me being her daughter, I was able to teach her what she couldn't teach me because she didn't know how to, she didn't have those financial tools and those credit tools to teach me that. But I heard my mom scream to the top of her lungs because, you know, I told her, Mom, I'm going to pay off your last debt. So she's debt free. She's never been debt free in her life. Because she oh, always wow, felt she's always true. she's always felt like, you know what, you buy things and if you can pay it, great. And if you don't, know, it goes to collections. And I said, no, mom, that's a that's a financial trap that's gonna keep you stuck. Let me teach you some things that I've been able to. So we can teach our parents and we can teach our kid children, and we can teach our four-year-old nieces how to be able to manage money, and we can teach our almost 80 year old parents. But we have to be committed to being able to do those things. And I can tell you, ladies, that you're on the right path. Make some small tweaks. Make sure that you are not robbing your future self by not putting and saving something now. Even if it's small, start those investment accounts. Really start to think about your future. I know you guys are all here are comedians. And one of the things in my joke in my house is I will not be a Walmart greeter. Okay, that is (laughs) I was just like I said and I, I don't say that lightly. But most of the time, especially for people of color, we're taking and we're having to we're in our 70s and 80s working those type of jobs when we should be enjoying our grandkids and our great grandkids because we didn't start to think we didn't have a Robust enough financial safety net to allow us not to be living um, social security to social security each and every month. So, I, I hope that helps. And keep going, keep sharing those things with people because now we have attention on it, and people want to know more. So it's not. I I challenge you guys too to help me with this messaging, and with the work that you're doing, you can definitely make people laugh in a time where they don't know what to do, but you can also educate them on how to be able to make sure that they never end up in a situation like this again.
0: Zainab, were you gonna, you had your hand up?
2: Yeah, I wanted to um, ask Sharita, and I asked this with complete humility because you're the expert, but I I do believe, and and I'm only speaking from what I'm learning. I I do have a financial advisor right now and who is a white man? Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between how white people and affluent white people look at debt versus poor people. Right. And I look at debt as something like I don't want to. It's it's part of the reason why I like American Express because you got to pay that. Ain't no interest. You pay. You got to pay that shit at the end. It ain't <laughs> no way around it. You got that's, to pay all of it. That's right. That's right. right? So, but. But so the the thing that made me think about it, right, is because debt in America is actually a healthy thing. You 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 can't even build credit without debt. debt. Right. It's good debt and it's bad debt, and I think right. that that is something that has to be pointed out. Right. Like I remember when I was getting my, when I was um, fixing my credit or repairing my credit, and I'm very mm-hmm. happy to say I'm in the 800s now.
1: Um,
0: but ooh, my, hey, my, hey just, welcome okay. to the club. Hey. That deserves <laughs> well, but, an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, because I
2: because I just had the money, I'm like, what is this? How? What? I'll just pay for that. And they, everybody, every financial person, the the, the my. Loan officer was like, no, 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 do not pay that off. Do right. not, we need the credit. Like, do not pay it off. Right. right. And so you said something really specific that got me on this thought, which is try to add a little bit more to your mortgage, right? So I do plan and I do recognize I do know the difference between paying bills and budgeting. And I could be much better at budgeting. But I got my I'm a big planner and I believe in spirit and manifestation and all that stuff. So I'm talking to my financial advisor and I'm like, I think I, I, I'd like to pay my house off in three years. No, I said two years. He was like, oh, you want to pay your house off in two years? I was like, yeah, I'm looking at what's happening. I think I could do it. And he was like, "Um, he was like, is that your forever house? And I said, no, I'll probably like move probably like in yeah, three so years. Then, or something. No. And he said, no, do not pay the minimum payment. He right. said, why would you take your liquid? And so I just think that when we have I, I think the education is key, but it is such a complex um, right. conversation and education. And it is so case by case. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I think that it is like so hard to really navigate the, this conversation and financial ability, education, stability uh, without like hours and hours and hours right. of you 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 know because some I, I would listen to if I wasn't on with you Sharita I would have listened to that and been like let me let me okay let me pay more but then I realized like when I look at my mortgage it asks me right it, it says do you, you can pay more do you want to pay more and you have to be very specific this is what they right. don't tell you you got to be very specific oh, and say yes, apply please. it <laughs> right it so the not to the end. like that's right. one thing you got to do but even doing that it does not negate my 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 payment no. the next month what it does is it brings down the balance which again whatever your interest rate is now you're borrowing against a different balance right, right? but it doesn't change it doesn't change the fact that every single month until that shit is paid off you owe a payment yeah. right you know, so so then the other thing that, 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 that probably should be said is you probably somebody probably has to invest maybe in an insurance policy that protects them from like right. what you're saying. If we have a pandemic, you lose a job, you do you get what I'm saying? And you find yourself in a position where you can't pay your mortgage for six months. Like, the, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the, if it's such a. Uh, uh, hmm, not complicated. But it's it's complex, so massive. Like this com- yeah, yes, you know, complex. did it just
3: it- because just like you said, so it depends on where you started. Because we have some people who may have gotten into um, certain loans where they're going to have PMI. Forever, <laughs> depend private mortgage insurance. So of course that would make more. You know, it just depends. It's just like credit scores. Everybody, you're, it's like your tax brackets and and your credit scores. They're always going to be in different different ways. and congratulations on eight hundred. Because let me tell you something. If someone would have told me that eight hundred was just as stressful, because just what she said, you can be back at seven hundred or six hundred real quick with one miss payment. Yeah, All that one, uh, one one miss payment. So I think that we need, I know a lot of people are, you know, talking about, like she just mentioned about everything is that, that's why we call it personal finance. You have to figure out what your journey is and what your financial goals are and align them with what, what, what your outcomes are and align them with your outcomes. So that way you are very clear to not try to go and, you know, replicate somebody else's journey. You know, you can take certain things from what they've what they've said, and uh, and you. What did they say? Use what's applicable to you, and really make that thing work for you in a sense where it aligns with your goals. Because everybody doesn't desire to be in the eight hundreds. Some, you know, everybody doesn't decide desire to purchase, you know, to be, you know, a lot of most people, the American dream is that they, that they that they do want to become homeowners, but we have to let them know what the criterias are based on where they are because the 800 score is going to increase your, you can be denied for things as just as well. And I think that that's where people hear 800 and yes, we're excited about it, but You also have to look at all the things within that person's credit profiles, their net, their network, their money behaviors. So it's not, you know, I think that that has become a really big staple. Oh, if I get to the 800s, but you also have to know the the education behind each one of, you know, those credit tiers and those buckets. And so that's why I'm, you know, like I'm always an advocate of self-financial because a lot of times people have no idea whether they're new to credit or they're trying to have to reestablish their credit because we've all had some financial hiccups and we made some, not some, maybe didn't let a bill go to collections and it damaged our credit or we just didn't have it. Like she said, and we didn't have that insurance protection to be able to cover things. And so then we end up with negative credit. So not having credit and having bad credit, it, to a banker, a lender, or a lender is the same. <laughs> so not having credit is a financial risk. and then having fi- and not and having bad credit is a financial risk. So that's why it's important, especially for people of color, um that they because we are fifty four percent of um African Americans have no credit or we have poor credit scores.
0: That's huge. That's a huge percentage. yes, it is and it's also like, You know, my uncle was saying, I I bring him up constantly on the show. Um, So every week he's decided to reach back and teach the family about finances. Mm -hmm. He's in his um, late, he's 80s. Wow. He's in his 80s. Yeah. He's probably early 80s. Sorry. And um, I'm giving him that. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like two, about three weeks ago that he admitted to me that he felt very embarrassed about not showing the family financial, um, his financial success and how he achieved it. And, and he, he said his generation, sadly to say like what Zainab was saying, but it's, it's like, you can't really judge that generation, but mm-hmm. obviously he does because he's in it, you know? So he's saying that no one talked about money and in, in his fa- in our family. And, In most black families, and even when he offered uh, to teach some of the doctors where he was at, he he noticed the black doctors didn't show up. That was his, you know, perception of that. But it it is interesting that we we we're just now like even for me, like weekly now he's talking to us about fine. And it's such a powerful thing to sit down with your own family, to have these conversations within your own family, because they're going to also protect you. In a way that I, I think someone outside is not going to, you know, it's, it's just like talking about your health. Right. You know, when you talk about your health with someone that you love, it's very different than when you talk about your health with other people, you know, it's, it's a little bit more passionate. And, um, the credit, you know, as far, as far as the credit score goes, I had a Jewish friend actually years ago, just say to me, go on credit karma. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) And I went on Credit Karma and um, I was like, oh, my God, I can actually do this. And then I was was like, they were like, yeah, you need a credit card. And I was like, oh, I was told not to get a credit card, kind of like with Zaina. I was like, I was told to stay away from credit cards. Cut all your credit cards up. Then I realized, oh, this is why I'm not actually raising my credit card scores because I don't have I don't have any credit. I'm just sitting here with money, making money. And that's it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my mother had
1: like a similar attitude as well. I think it's a bit different um, for me because uh, for Somali people, it's very like community based. So. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but like I've heard other cultures do like a money pooling system, like I've heard Jamaicans do it, Haitians do it, Somali people do it, and that's how I was actually able to pay off all of my student loan debt. It was, it was Somali people call it a hegbed, and it was like, you know, I'd be in one for like $20,000, and then another one for $14,000, and that, yeah, that really, really did help, but yeah, my mother was very anti-credit um, cards for a long time, Um but anyways, yeah, it's interesting how community can also help with with finances. But that only helps, obviously, up until a certain point. And then, Hold you know, on. you got to find new moves.
2: Although I'm happy that you brought that up because there is something that started going. I mean, obviously, we all are from the African diaspora, right? So our roots come from exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And so when these things are reintroduced to our communities, we have so much skepticism. Yeah, you know, I think I think like around like the the the, the beginning of like the Black Lives Matter the, before the pandemic, there was I forget what it's called, but it's a, I forget what it's called it's like a Nigerian word or something like that. Oh my God, I have to text my friend. Uh, but it's it a, a, a groups of Black people were putting their and we like a, a lot of us interested, in, and yeah. I think the key word that you said is community. I think that's yeah. another thing. Yeah. like a lot of what happens you know, uh, in community is education, things passed down. And I think that's another thing. Like, like I, I think that's also what I was saying, Sharita. Um, is that there's so many parallel um, re-educations or uh, uh, rehabbing that we need as a community. And I think that, yes, a big part of it is financial, but there's also like that we're lacking to know. I would never say to... All like our own fault, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like I would never say like because we ain't shit. That's that's not. I don't ever want that to be misconstrued. But I definitely think that um, we're we're lacking in a lot of areas, and it's all you know post traumatic slave syndrome. Yeah.
1: it right. right. Sorry. No, no, sorry. You go, you. I interrupted you, Marina. You were in, in the middle. Oh no, of... I was
0: just taking hair off my lips. Oh. <laughs> No, sorry, I was around a
1: dog this weekend. But go ahead. No, no I was go just going to say um, for Somali people specifically, it's very female run. So the only mm. way, uh, so like, You'll have like 14 women get together and they'll promise to like pool together a thousand each. And then, you know, each person gets assigned a month and then they get fourteen thousand dollars. Um, and I find it so interesting because it's there's like a leader in the group and it's a woman and she collects all the money and distributes it kind of thing. And men aren't allowed to join. The only way a man can join is through his wife, which I love that it's like female run and it's also, you know, only women can join. But
0: um I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Me yeah. Too. Yeah. Is this the first you're hearing of this, Sherita?
3: Yes, because I think I came from, you know, Zainab's generation and maybe your grandfather. We didn't talk about what happened in your household, stayed in your household. Um, The communication was always a barrier, the barrier. So I think it's that we always just had that. And I just can just say from my household, um, we were just taught, you know, what happens in your house stays in your house. So whether that was good or bad, and many times that was bad (laughs) in my house because we didn't, we dealt with so many barriers, so many barriers. And I think, you know, and and I tell my mom all this, all the time that I don't blame you, but a lot of times I think that pride is a barrier for us because we want to seem like strong black women, um, especially when we're single mothers that we don't want to ask for help, but at what detriment does that, you know, does that affect the, you know, the children? And so we have to start to really be able to create, you know, community community, but we also have to make sure that we're having, ongoing communication, because it's still taboo. And, you know, we still have things where people don't want to share. And then we go to work and they're like, well, you can't share what your salary is. But then what does that do? And how does that that continue to break down and expand the wealth gap? Because if we're not talking about what, what we should be earning, then it continues to, we continue to be underpaid, especially as people of color. And so that's why I'm always a champion of just being transparent and letting other people, especially in the space that I'm in, to let them know that you don't have to accept scraps to be able to make a living. Because that is also another thing that we have to overcome. Because a lot of times is we're scared to ask for what we know is our worth. And even though they can't pay us what we think our worth is, But we still have to, as women, you know, people of color, but especially as women, we we have to continue to have conversations like this. Because I didn't have conversations like this. Even though I grew up in a house of all women, we didn't have conversations like this. Not at all, you know, not at all. And it was a negative downturn because if I would have kept that same mindset that the women before me and my mom had, then I would have never opened up and said on a public platform that I lost everything that I owned with two kids. I didn't have an address for a long period of time in my life. And to do that with two kids, I just wanted to be transparent. So if there's another woman listening who's on the verge of losing it, you can lose things. Don't lose hope. Things can change. But you have to be able to open up your mouth and say, I need help and I think as people of color asking for help, depending on where you're from, especially when you're from more inner city, we always just want to keep our face. Well, I'm not letting people in, but then you can not get the resources and the tools that are out there to be able to
0: help you and you can not build community. I love I love what you're saying, and thank you for sharing that, Sharita, because as I, I'm listening to you, it's a very emotional journey, like mm-hmm. finances, and, you know, there's humility in it, too, like, mm-hmm. you know, and sharing it. So I really thank you for sharing that, because I, I know that there are women who are listening to this right now who are feeling this way, especially coming out mm-hmm. of this pandemic. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely about asking for it's, you know, just the idea that I'm at my age, which I'm afraid to admit to, <laughs> you know, in my 50s. Right. Mm-hmm. And just now taking an interest in this, it feels late. But like people like yourself, they're, you're really helping me. So mm-hmm. thank you. I mean, I, I'm taking time out now to listen to um you know people who look like me who care about the community cuz like you said sometimes we don't get it in our own in our own family sometimes we don't we have to reach out and we have to listen to you know individuals who really care and that is i think the plus side of what's come out of this time mm-hmm. is that i feel like the black community is starting to help each other out So um, just in talking with Zainab, too, I was talking like you you said something interesting to me that I even think about was a fixed interest rate. Mm -hmm. Like with a mortgage, I never even, you know, in the next 15 years, it's going to be insane what's about to happen. I mean, my uncle actually said this. It was so funny because it was like he didn't think we've heard curse words before. He's like, I'm about to use a four letter word. (laughs) <laughs> he was like but the next 15 years is gonna be shitty sorry yeah so you really mm-hmm. want to think about it you know
1: I, I mean as a millennial I just feel like buying a house it just feels like it's just not gonna happen I, I don't know it just it feels like there's you know it 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 just looks pretty bad right now I mean eventually I'd like to own a house but I, I just I don't know like it just feels like it just looks really bad right now <laughs>
0: So what would you say to that, Sharita? Like, do you 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 must be hearing that? Like, uh, April was the month for me where I was like, if you didn't buy it, uh, well,
3: I think that yes, and I'm hearing this a, a lot. People are like, it's 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 never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen, and I think that it's all about us being able to figure out that. We got we what the the thing about especially people of color, but black people when we want something, we're gonna do it. And people of co- when we want something, we'll make it happen. And I think that we just have to make sure that we're strategizing and making sure that it makes sense for our long term goals. Because I do hear people, they're like, Well, you know what? A friend of mine, she's a nomad. She's like, I don't know what the next few years are gonna look like. I just wanna end, you know, I wanna enjoy life. But I'm thinking about my future as well. So I would say to you, hold on, just figure out what, when. You don't, it doesn't always, my mom used to, you know, always just tell us, just write it down. And it doesn't have to happen on that particular date, but just make it sure that you can see it. If that's five years, 10 years, but do it when it makes sense to you. And, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if you're if you're renting, you're losing money. But you know what? That may be that may not be someone's journey at that time and in their life and what they are planning to do. Um, So you have to figure out what works for you, but then just to be planning with it. And if you know that that's not going to happen for two or three years or even five years, that gives you even more time to start saving money, to start working on if you're if you want the best interest rate. Start to kind of think about those things by working on your credit, because, of course, we all know that the first thing that they're going to look at <laughs> is they're going to act. They're going to say, hey, what's your you know, they're going to run your credit and that's going to yeah. tell you how long it's going to be before then. So we can be proactive by doing certain things like planning for that. I have something called a dream account. My husband and I are buying a form. They said that we couldn't be black farmers. <laughs> they're like, but. Guess what? My husband and I are going to be farmers. We are oh, we're buying a because guess what? Um I know all the statistics. In 1920s through the 40s there were 216,000 black farmers, recognized farmers. Right now in 2022 it's less than 16,000. Mm,
0: that's right. Yeah.
3: Recognized. There's a lot of farmers, <laughs> but are they recognized by the USDA? Are they recognized? And so my husband and I said he grew up on 400 acres of farmland. And so for us, we knew that our financial portfolio wanted to include real estate, but it didn't mean that we had to do Airbnb or, and all those other things. Cause that's not what our journey was. When we said we wanted to do commercial, we knew it just had to make sense for our long term plan, but for our lifestyle. And we're over city living. Mm-hmm. My husband grew up on 400 acres of farmland and my family's from the country. They grew up on farmland. So for us, we are buying back our wealth in a different way, but we're doing it in a way that we can build a demonstration farm. So that way for other people who want to be able to come in and invest into agriculture and invest into an African-American couple who are, who are going past just building homes and that's great but for us we want to be able to build back one thing i mean buy back what the one thing they're not making anymore and that's land because then we we have the buying power to do what we want with yeah. that land and so this is something that's very important to us so that's why i say who you have to do it when it makes sense for you guys and what your journey is no if someone we didn't tell anybody because a lot of people would have talked me and my husband out of this they were like are y'all going through middle age crisis i want to leave y'all and move to a farm but you know what every time that we started to share it and do the work more people were like oh that's amazing and i said we're going to rate i said we're going to go to form the table and show others that they can do it so that way if they decide that they don't they want their own land and they want to build who do you can just go and buy your own land and then later on build what you want because it's an asset. That's That's it's an asset. So you don't always just have to go right into it. You can lease that same land to someone else. People lease land. All some of those cows and those crops that you see are being leased by the people like myself and my husband who are buying agriculture, buying land. We're agriculture producers, so we can we can create passive income just from one decision. So that's why I said you have to figure out what's going to work for you and then work towards that. We didn't just get here. We've been working undercover for two years before the pandemic. We were going to chicken farms. That's how we know we're not raising any chickens. That's a lot of work, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. They opened that door and it was forty five hundred chickens in the middle of June in Texas. (laughs) And and they were running everywhere and we're like, nope. No, that's not
0: for us. We're gonna stick to them cows and those crops,
1: yep. goats, <laughs> and you know, or pigs. Right? No pig. pigs. farms
0: are. That's a political one, right there. Because you, <laughs> that's, can, you can that's a lot of work. Move a hulk. And the smell of pig farms has ruined like community. <laughs> right. So you got to like take that into consideration. Oh, yeah, yeah. do they really smell that
1: bad? Oh, they're. Oh host. wow. Is it like yeah. a skunk where it like makes you g- when gag?
3: When you get them like- all together it's something that you definitely wouldn't, you want, you, you don't want them to be your neighbor. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So people are more apt to like cows and, you know, chickens and different things like that. They seem to be more, (laughs) more accepted, but yes, you have to go with what you know. And that's why I said, maybe it's for you to just start looking at some land and put adding that to your financial portfolio, but doing it in a way that's going to make sense for your overall objectives. I know for us this is land that we want to pass on. Because that was something that my husband said that they didn't know. It's just that it, it, he was great. He was curious as a child to want to know how to run this farm and was doing the work. But a many to many but outside of that it didn't get passed down. So it was important to for us to be able to implement agriculture back into our families me and him, so that way that we can pass this on because I told my kids when we were homeless, I'm gonna make you guys trust fund kids. And I was homeless, y'all, I was in a one room. and But that going to the library and learning all of the things that my mom didn't teach us about trust and estate planning and tax planning, I didn't just get here. I was sitting there going from the library to work. And yes, you can be working and be homeless, Sometimes you're sitting next to somebody, you never know what they're going through. You never know what people are going through. So that's why I said it's important for us to just be transparent and have open conversations like this. So that way people don't feel like they just
1: have to throw in the towel.
2: And hold on, if I could uh, motivate you, I'm a millennial too.
1: Oh, yes, you did it. How How long did it right. take you of like saving and just sort of planning and figuring things out for you to get for you to buy your house?
2: I tell this joke that I um <laughs> that I got my life together by accident cuz I was with I, my one of my ex-boyfriends he was very like honest with me and like would like we would argue I would say like petty stuff and he would be like that's why you ain't got no utensils in your apartment and I'd be like Oh,
1: oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh,
2: <laughs> that hurt. I'm on the road a lot, you know. <laughs> and, and and I went to like a financial advisor in an attempt to win an argument. Uh, and by way of that, got my life together. But uh, you know, I I could go over with you. It's a it's a longer conversation that I don't want to take up, you know, here. And I also don't want to pretend like my work is not affording me a quicker mm. trajectory to something. Yeah, you know, I don't want to pretend like that. I don't wanna, I don't wanna say, oh, it took me two years. I know that most of the population, most of the women who look like me. Are not on TV, are not, on, you know what I'm saying? I don't wanna pretend like. That's true. But
1: yeah.
2: My, also, my mom, you know, hold on, my mom has 13 children, my parents have 13 children. Wow. My mom bought, bought her house and got her first driver's license when she was 50 years old. Wow. So, I'm just saying that to, you know, like,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Our journeys Take are time. Our, our journeys, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. like
2: this, there's like this, this fun conversations happening amongst millennials, like, millennials. No, you could call it a millennial thing, but it's just a financial thing because I know a lot of millennials that are eating good right now. You
0: know, so. So let's get into these arguments. I mean, these articles. (laughs) Let's get into these arguments. Was that Uh, a Freudian slip? That was a Freudian slip about bank regulations. And so like Mr. Troper's proposal would open the door to forcing repeat offenders to get smaller and simpler, an echo of the calls that Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat of Massachusetts, recently made to break up scandal-plagued Wells Fargo. The bank disclosed a cascade of misconduct in recent years, admitting that it opened accounts and customers' names without their knowledge and forced them to buy unnecessary insurance and charge them unwarranted mortgage fees. Wells Fargo was among the financial firms that yeah, that Mr. Chopra took the unusual step of labeling as the worst repeat offenders. He also named Citigroup, <laughs> Morgan Chase, and American Express, saying they had each broken consumer protection laws at least three times. So how do we, Sharita, what would you say? Like, we're both Chase customers. Like, how do we protect ourselves, like, on a very basic level? One of
3: the things I would have to say is, we saw Wells, if you haven't watched that Wells Fargo documentary on Netflix. I have not,
0: I gotta watch definitely. it
3: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it will almost make you feel like, you know, <laughs> why am I banking? <laughs> but don't feel like that. It, it's And I had this conversation yesterday um, with one of my clients and I was like, um, the output that we see from many of these institutions is a culture. It doesn't start with the people who are, first, what I say, frontliners, the people that we see every day. Many times it's coming from those who are making decisions that we would often say in the C-suite level. Um, And it's unfortunate, but this is not, that's why I said when I mentioned that documentary, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but you're going to just be awed about how how things were pushed down to these people to make that happen from your C-suite levels and their in the ones that are underneath them. So I'm not shocked <laughs> just because I saw that just from Wells Fargo' from standpoint, but it's unfortunate that when you watch it, how many people are not homeowners that were. Because they couldn't, they didn't, they because they didn't allow certain processes to happen for refinancing or even for them to be able to go into home purchase. So we have to be very, very mindful of who we're doing business with. It, it, it's important. Um, and that's why I always tell people, I was just like, it's important The the banking relationship is to know your banker, but you also have to make sure that you're reading those things and looking at those forums and those reviews to be able to see what's really happening. And a lot of times it's very transparent. Either you're doing it and not to, you know, try to beat up on Wells Fargo. I don't don't do business with them anymore. But one of the things is that we saw is that a Pacific group of people who look like us... (laughs) were unfortunately negatively impacted by and selfishly by others decisions that they don't realize help to stagnate our wealth. Because for many of us, home ownership and owning homes is the first step for us into homeowners, I mean, into building a path to wealth. And they took that for many people. And it's unfortunate because now, so depending on what group of people Especially from people like neighborhoods that I come from, they're like, I'm not going back into this. This is what happened. Right. And they took Big Mama's house, you know, or now they took mine. So why would I go back into that? So, but that's why we have to have conversations like this, because we can't let that what happened then be the thing that's going to stop us from not being able to go after something that is rightfully that we have an equal opportunity to be able to obtain.
0: And And voting for the the right people in Congress, right? To like (laughs) defend us.
3: Yes, you those the people that's on those ballots matter. You know, we can't just allow them to come to our churches and our organizations when they're running or when they need our vote. And I think that comes from the people who are in that hierarchy as well. And not to call out any churches or organizations where they tend to come, but a lot of times we don't see these people until it's the election time, half of the time you don't know ha- any. Most time, people of are like, I don't even know who's on the ballot. I'm just, I mean, I saw their tie and I guess they'll come, or they came to our church. I guess we'll just go for them. But we ha- we don't know what their political views are, or what what are what do they have that's going to tie into the community? Because I don't want you to just be on a ballot. I want you to be a part of the community and a part of the change that we're asking for if we're going to continue to elect, pe- elect, you know, if you're asking for our vote.
0: Speaking of votes, and this is a beautiful segue into something that is not exactly financial, but in a way, uh, voting in the Oscars, we all, I saw the slap. I was, I don't, now I was watching, streaming the Oscars and I, I'm not a big fan of watching the Oscars anymore, but I wanted to see this one just because Amy Schumer was hosting and Wanda and regina hall so i wanted to see that we were speaking a lot in this episode about you know black women and being in charge and i don't know but i'm gonna open this conversation up to all of us how did you feel about jada in that moment and how she received the joke so i'll just open that up to the slap that was heard across and around the world will smith if you're if you don't know what happened will smith slapped chris rock after he did a joke about jada pinkett and said it was a gi jane joke he'd like to see her in the next gi jane movie or
2: he said he 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 was looking forward to gi jane too yes Mm
0: -hmm. yeah which isn't coming um, as far Which he about.
1: didn't even write the joke. Apparently it was like someone, I mean, that doesn't absolve him of anything, but I just find it interesting that he got slapped for a joke, you know, he just, no, probably, he didn't write. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's
0: what I was, yeah. I was thinking there was writers that probably wrote that joke, but I always, my argument is, as a comedian, you, you don't stop doing your homework just because someone's writing their joke. But mm-hmm. you
2: your question was how did Jada Pinkett feel about the joke? How did she take the joke? Yeah, I how mean, do you think she yeah. clearly didn't like it? She she clearly mm-hmm, did yeah. not find it funny. Her, she clearly did not find it funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I find the conversation that's come out of this is h- how we're defending black women in this time. Um and I will be honest, that was my first reaction. My first reaction hasn't been, oh my god, Chris Rock's a victim. And how is he feeling? And, you know, that was next day conversation was like, oh, at least he was professional was next day conversation in the moment as I was watching it, because I know that Jada has been struggling with alopecia. And I know myself, as you could see, probably the little gap right there. It's not very, but I'm also going through hair loss. I'm not one to go. Everything is you got to have thick skin. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I always go, your responsibility as a comic is to write a good joke. If it's not received well, not a good joke.
1: So I, I, am torn as well because I'm also struggling with hair loss as well. And it's it literally, I just found out yesterday. It was like devastating. <laughs> I know it's not cancer, but it was, you know, still quite shocking. Um, but yeah. And, and so I totally understand like you know, the pain that, well, I don't fully understand it, but I, I could see like the pain in her eyes when she heard him mm-hmm. say that joke. But then as, as a comic, I was like, oh, maybe this kind of sets a dangerous precedent where now people feel like, oh, I've heard a joke that I don't like. And now I get to come up on stage and slap comics.
0: I don't know. Like I, I just Maybe slapping comics for years. But, but no, maybe. maybe I don't know. things that's, This is the thing. No, you're right. I was getting that for my brother. He goes, "This is a dangerous presence. I go, "I got news for you. For years, it's been dangerous for comics. It's just something happened in the camera. I've seen. I used to host at the Comedy Cellar for years, and I've seen so many dangerous moments that just aren't televised or we didn't see. I saw a customer throw a glass at Dave Attell. Wow, that hit the back wall while I was hosting and had nothing to do with his jokes by the way the guy was just mm-hmm. in a bad mood and was mad that he didn't make him happier wow. but yeah i've been worried for uh, about us for years <laughs> i guess this is like the first time
1: the sort of the illusion is kind of the spell is kind of been been broken for me cuz i i've never felt not you know unsafe on stage so just seeing that i was like well this is a good w- wake up call <laughs> you know Because anyone could attack you. Like, how did I not think that? You know what I mean? That's crazy.
0: Zaynab?
2: I uh, I, I was quiet because it is another conversation that's so layered that I don't really think there's enough time to unpack it. But I don't believe what Will Smith did was right
0: at all. Yeah, no, I don't and condone it. violence. No, no, no. It's
2: not about violence. I'm 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 very specific with the context. If that would have happened, if any comedian looked out at a woman in a crowd, black, white, whatever, and she had a shaved head, she had a bald head, and the comedian said even something worse in a comedy club, Marina. Ain't mm-hmm. nobody getting up people laughing. We are we're making a lot of it because of our empathy for Jada Pinkett as a celebrity. There's women with alopecia, with four kids, can't find a baby father, don't got no financial stability. Take a joke, it's not that serious. It's it's not that, it is not that serious. And also we all know crime and punishment. (laughs) So if we were out at a bar and somebody cursed us out. Said the most vile things that we have ever heard in our life. That's one thing, but then the moment we hit them, when the cops come, who, who 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 gets arrested? So I just think that, of course, protect Black women. Of course, like all of these things are true at once, but I think that it is a wild mischaracterization mischaracter- to say the reason why Will Smith smacked Chris Rock that night at the Oscars was because he made a bad joke about Jada Pinkett's hair. Yeah. That bad joke about Jada Pinkett's hair, that was simply the straw that broke the camel's back. And I agree with you. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with that. Yeah. Little little petite-ass Chris Rock, petite-ass Chris Rock, because I don't believe Will Smith would have smacked everybody. I don't believe that. And that changes things. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that changes things drastically. That's a now. Do I think that Jada Pinkett would not have laughed if anybody told that joke? Absolutely. I think her reaction to the joke completely valid. Just like at any comedy club, if somebody says some shit that I don't find funny, for whatever reason, I cannot laugh. That is my right in the moment. I could even get up and leave. That is my right in a moment. I could even complain. But Will Smith, and there ain't nobody talking about this, laughed first
0: yeah no a lot of people were talking about that in yeah. my household a lot of people he yeah. laughed first yeah I, I mean but and i also i did. also think he laughs but i i mean i don't know what his moment was but i do notice like when i'm sitting in like award shows or on tv sometimes i have a does I that does nothing to too. do with the scene
2: yeah i get that too so he has a certain he has been putting on a face for years Yeah. And his wife has had the luxury of not putting on that same face. So we're already dealing with two different personalities in a household, right? Right. right. Because Jada Pinkett is also a celebrity. So she could have looked like every other celebrity in the room and been like, (laughs) and been pissed. But she didn't. She felt the freedom to be like, fuck it. I don't like that. Right. And then he followed suit, maybe, you know, but he also snuck Chris Rock. He didn't walk. If he would have took off his jacket in the seat, and it was clear that he was going up there to smack Chris Rock. You think Chris Rock would have had the same openness for him?
1: Yeah, it was like
2: a, it was like a sneak attack. A sneak attack on a much smaller man than you are' It's, it's gross. and I think that like this whole <laughs> you got to protect black women, yeah, you do. you do. but if you if, if people think that that's the shining example of that, then this is a very we, we are we're all lying to ourselves. We are all lying. Well,
0: I do think that, you know, I mean, I do think it's a moment for to talk about that. I mean, I do think that, you know, given the context and given the person who was doing the joke and given the history of jokes that I've seen him do about black women specifically and the material that he does about his own wife specifically, in my own opinion, he hasn't been one that has really represented or talked about black women in a great way. In the specific night that I was actually bumped, he did a joke about Holly Berry that I can't repeat here, but it wasn't it wasn't supportive of her. If it was a different comic that was doing a joke about Jada Pinkin and Alopecia, I would go, yeah, it was just a joke and it was just a writer's joke. As far as his the way he talks about women in general, um, it brought up a lot because I have seen it. I've you know that's just my my honest instinct in the moment of seeing it. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not condoning violence.
2: Um. It, I, it was so interesting the next morning, because uh, the conversation definitely arose, would Will Smith have done that if given the same exact context, it was a white comedian, Um. Would, would it have played out that way? And I found it very interesting that the morning after it happened, Ricky Gervais, who is known, British, British white comedian, right, is known for specifically targeting and roasting celebrities uh, in his uh, award monologues. He specifically sought out a 20 year old clip of him making fun of alopecia. And he posted it in solidarity, I guess, or to be an ass just to say, fuck it. Like, I don't give a fuck how y'all feel. I I did a joke about alopecia. This is funny, go for it. No, nobody because, <laughs> see, see here's the, this is why this is the reason why I'm saying context matters. Right. Even what you said, I hear you and everything you're saying like we're all this is all opinion based. Right. Right. Know, nobody mm-hmm. knows. We just know what we saw and we discussed it. Right. And so your opinion, given your experience, which is you recently saw him make an off color joke about a another specific black woman who we celebrate.
0: Right? Well, over the and years. I, I wouldn't say just recently, years, but over right? the years.
2: Yes. Over the years, right? And so, well, Will Smith has not seen the jokes that you've seen, just like one could argue that Chris Rock didn't know that Jada Pinkett had alopecia. He However, said he didn't. Yeah. He said he didn't. So even you saying that means you're choosing, you have, you, you like, mm, I don't know if I believe that, right? But the reason why I bring up Ricky Gervais is because he has full context of the situation now and still said, Fuck this. Let me let me dig into the archives of disrespect. Yeah, and post it. Mm.
1: Just so but I don't think know. Ricky's understanding the layer of the layers, black hair yeah. and black women. And all the, I don't. I, I honestly don't think a white British dude is gonna get that.
0: Yeah, my sister was saying, and I won't say which sister, but you know she's listening. She was saying that she was tired of seeing the number of white women talking about this, and and coming out. In 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 any way co- having a conversation about it, she's getting annoyed. I mean, there are so many layers to this. That is absolutely a fact that you can discuss. That this slap rep- like I've heard conversations about how we need to stop saying, you know, oh look how we were acting in front of white folks. It's like you know, yeah, oh I don't care about, about that. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, who gives a fuck about how we acted in front of white? Folks? I yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, that doesn't take away the fact that we're not represented, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah,
2: yeah I there's so many I, I'm just I'm just a big, you know, I, I subscribe to the keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. It's the same as like you ever seen a domestic violence, you know, a guy. I mean, I'm laughing, but this is not funny at all. A guy to be beating his girl's ass. Then he get out in the street and can't beat no guy up. And you like, where's the same energy? <laughs> where?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You're I absolutely see right. you in
2: beating my ass in the
0: house. Yeah. When old boy
2: says something to you, you ain't say nothing. Keep that same energy.
0: So, yes.
2: Um, that's, that's where I don't like it. And of course, it, it, sets, it sets a dangerous precedence, but ain't nobody smack Joe Rogan. Ain't nobody smacked. you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody smacked. You're saying people get smacked and sometimes you deserve a smack, but I'm not seeing nobody, especially in terms of who is constantly violating the black
1: community.
2: I ain't seeing the people that deserve smacks <gasps> get smacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's great. I guess, and in some way I'm saying... Uh... Well, okay, I won't say anymore. That's all that's it. I actually I want to take a picture of the group before you go. Uh holo. Yeah, for sure.
1: Holo, what writing room are you in? Sorry? Oh, uh Rami Yusuf uh has a show coming out with Amazon. And so I'm I'm Mm -hmm. writing on that show right now. But it's such a weird thing being a writer because now, like don't get me wrong, you get paid well as a writer, but now I'm like, oh shit, I have to find my next job.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is Sabrina Juli Jale- uh Julio in Jaleese in that room? Yeah, is she she's the not. showrunner?
1: No, Pam
0: Brady's the
2: showrunner
1: runner. and Sabrina Julise is just she's a writer in the room. Uh oh, just another writer, okay. Oh,
0: so yeah. where can I mean, our I mean, listeners so that was kind of like where our listeners can find you, but is there anywhere else we can find you, Holo? Uh
1: yeah, so at holo Comedy, So that's H O O D O Comedy, one word, HoloComedy.com, holo Holocomedy on Twitter, Instagram, all the things total comedy yeah
0: and congratulations on being in the writer's room we yeah. need you so that's awesome thank you
1: um with friends like us i felt at home you know i feel uh, like, i feel at home it was great talking to literally a bunch of black women about finances about the slap do you know what i mean and just people that look like me that that really helped i really loved this yeah
0: okay hello you're free to go no
1: i, I had so much fun i'm sad that i have to go and i have to go I work. Know. yeah yeah
0: but, nice um, to meet you. We,
1: yeah, it was so nice meeting all of you guys. Zainab. I'm going to hit you up when I'm in New York. Hopefully you're in New York around the same time. But anyways, okay. and Marina too. All right. Bye, guys.
0: All right. Bye. bye. So um, the slap that was hurt. You know, I, I'm saying it here, but like someone asked me to do like an article and I said, I can't. I got to process all this stuff. Sometimes we end up talking about it when we're too mm-hmm. hot in the moment. And I was like, and I found like every comedian was posting and I was like, just give it a Second. I mean, just for me personally, I was like, I need a second to process all this this stuff because, but I definitely felt like the world needed that slap. I know this sounds crazy, but they needed that slap to distract them from all of like the news needed something outside of the Ukraine to talk about or outside of like COVID. Like COVID, COVID. is actually jealous of that slap. <laughs> COVID's like, what about me? what all right so back to more financial stuff because I find this so I
2: was about to say Sharita you don't have an opinion like I'm so interested in the yes, mind yeah. of a non-comedian Thank you,
3: <laughs> okay so I would I'm gonna be honest with y'all I wake up at 4 a.m every day so I was asleep <laughs> I, know I was asleep but when I woke up I'm like what did I miss and I didn't know I thought it was a joke I'm I was just like this. This is not real. He did not get out. You know, this is not how the Oscars went this year. And I guess for me, I was kind of like on the fence. I, I kind of go with Zaynab. I think I don't think he would have had that same energy with someone else. I don't know. I just kind of and not to take away from Willa because I don't know him like that, but I just felt like. You robbed yourself from a beautiful moment that you worked so hard for for so many years. And it overshadowed so many things like Will Packer and you know, even um Samuel L. Jackson. It just it just took so it just took the focus away, which could have been such a monumental moment for people of color. And so I get it as a woman who's dealt with alopecia, but I just don't think it was that deep for you to, you know, for that, that could have been, I would have rather had a rumor and it happened in the after party, you know, or something like that. I don't know. That way we'd never know. You know, we would have known it would have been speculation, but, but just to see it, I think that it's just changed the whole dynamic of the Oscars in such a negative way. And I really hope that whatever will and, his household and Jada that they're dealing with. This was beyond Chris because, and, and sorry. And, and I know and you asked Zayna asked me to be, just be honest, but I was just like, like she said, hurt people, hurt people. When we watched that red table talk, it just had so many lingering things that this was the pivotal moment for him. Like I'm, it just seemed like he's just tired of being embarrassed. And so I'm not a comedian or that's not my space, but I just, he's been the butt of so many jokes. (laughs) Um, And so he, I mean, he's created so much more material, (laughs) but, you know, with this, but I just kind of felt like those are some things where we talked about it, you know, at the top of the show about a form, you know, your community and being able to be honest and be open. Because your anger was not directed at Chris. Your anger is what's happening inside of your household that now many people know about it. And I'm pretty sure that what he's going through is beyond what happened. There is some emotional and some mental anguish there that played out on on television, that robbed, again, like I said, so many people of a beautiful moment, including himself. So I just hope that he thinks about that. And I don't know, I'm from a different side of town. Chris handled that in such a professional way that kudos to him, because a lot of people would have been like, y'all need to go to commercial break, um, yeah, <laughs> you go. Know? Yeah. Like I'm the, I'm like, and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm the type to keep it cute, but it's almost like what people say as people of color. That's like being spit on.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's
3: like I just felt yeah. like that, and I just, you know, my heart goes out to all of every everybody involved in the situation, but especially for Chris. Um, I, he showed us if nothing else came positive from this that we don't always have to respond to someone else's emotional outbursts or lack of lack thereof.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the thing. He came out looking really good, which also will robbed us of <laughs> of Chris, of us focusing on the joke, actually, and going, you, you know, yeah,
2: that that's actually would have it would have been, you know, it, the, he he would have received the fire that Jada wanted him to the next morning. Yep, right. If 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 Will even if Will called out from the audience like that's not you know what I'm saying just them showing what, it would have been a hope. they would have took that clip because it yep. was clearly I mean if nothing else uh, Chris Rock definitely needs to be put in comedy detention one on one that's a te- right. that was a forget forget somebody having alopecia that is a hack. Jane, Jane been out. It's so low. It's low hanging fruit. It's rotten. You know. Mm-hmm. It's so. It's, if for nothing else, he would have gotten. He would have gotten his just due. He would have gotten his Negro sit your ass down the next morning. If right. they would have just, they, he would have got it. Because oh, yeah. we all saw her reaction. We all saw that she didn't like it as a actor. And we would have had the conversation. It would have been revealed to everybody. She has revealed she's struggling with alopecia, All of those things. And that would have been the conversation. Yep. All we talking about. They would have drug him the
3: next day. Yeah.
2: said, <laughs> Yes, as Sharita said, you know, this this monumental moment for Will Smith specifically. It's just Shaft. Now we just, we're just just talking about a smack. Yeah. You're just talking about a smack. I I don't, I I was always like tall as a kid, and I have seven brothers. And so I've never really like moved around in the world super afraid. Um, And I had a very, a father like that, a father like that who would beat anybody's ass. But like as a kid, you think that that's like great. But I, I, I think back as an adult, like he beat our asses too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Seriously, seriously. It was, it was, it was, there was a lack of stability there emotionally. Mm. But yeah, that's Mm -hmm. my father, and I love him. You know, but the reason why I say that is because given all of that, given the protection that I knew I had, I would often come to the defense of whoever I thought was being bullied. Mm -hmm. You know, if nothing else to like, well, yeah, you hit my friend and she Four foot five, you know, we in fifth grade or something. She four foot five, and I'm over here standing five five. So let me see you hit me like that. Do you get what I'm saying? And so I have like a certain sensitivity to people, to situations that I feel are reminiscent of bullies, you know. And I cannot unsee the difference in stature between Will. Smith I never and
0: thought Chris about Watt. that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never, I always thought of Chris as being a Brooklyn you know, cause I remember one time there was a fan in the audience at the comic strip who saw Chris and wanted to give him a noogie. This is about 15 years ago. And Chris does not walk around with security. Mm-hmm. He just comes in the clubs. He goes in and this, this white kid um, boy, he was like, Hey, I wonder what it would be like if I just give you a noogie," And um, he followed Chris out of the club. Mm-hmm. And when I say that kid came running back terrified, <laughs> he said he wanted to beat my ass. He said, bitch, I'm I'm from Brooklyn. I've always thought for years, I was like, uh, Chris could handle himself if it ever came down. So I never, th- I, in that moment, that's what I was thinking. I thought it would have, I was surprised actually mm-hmm. that he didn't come back. But you're right. I never thought of it, of it as this is a tall man. He was also caught off guard.
2: Yeah, and I'm not actually. It was a sucker. It was a sucker punch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not thinking of Chris's POV. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Will Smith's POV. You yes, know? Like yeah. Like it's, it's something much different to walk up to Chris Rock, who is my size, Marina. Shorty yeah. Right? Shorter he? Five ten? A A buck forty-five at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like. I just I don't know, I can't i I can't unsee that
0: right. You yeah, know? I do wonder if that's what he was thinking. I, I I don't know if it would have been he seems like he was so out of control that it, I don't know if it would have mattered who it was
2: but 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 I also and I don't want this I don't want this to go unsaid either. I also have empathy for will Smith because i I watched the man who for years, we watched have a certain level of control. I watched him reach his breaking point. And that's mm-hmm. um, that's a scary thing to see. That's a that's a really sad thing to see because I know Chris Rock got smacked for everything else. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's yeah. and that's fine. That's a conversation that we could have. Unfortunately, he took the hit for ever for all the other abuse, the embarrassment that Will has faced in the recent past. You know. Now, and not just specific to maybe Jada, you know, maybe their personal relationship, but a lot of things in this business. This is not an easy role for a black man, a black person, you know, so so we we can understand that Chris got that smack. I, I told a, a guy in Whole Foods a couple of years ago because I haven't I haven't had a fight since I was 16 years old. And I used to always say I would hate to get into a fight right now because the person that gets beat up, they're going to get beat up for everybody that I didn't beat up in the last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And so that's mm-hmm. what happened to Chris. I'm willing to have those conversations, but it's very hard for me to sit and have the conversation. <laughs> you better not talk about a black woman's hair. You get your ass smacked. Cause that's just, that's true. That's true. But that's not what this was.
0: Right. Right. Well, the, what do they say is when there's, I always say things wrong, but I uh, hysteria, there's history where there's, mm-hmm. is that how the saying goes? Right. Yeah. I'm not sure, am sorry. I think that's how it goes where there's hysteria or anything hysterical there's history. And I mm-hmm. you know and, and that is definitely true of that moment. You know, cuz right. when you go well what where did that come from? Well they they have been talking about the fact that in his book he talks about not defending his mother from abuse from her father. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe this was that moment for him. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. have to go into some deep inspection. He did apologize which you know on social media and I do think that Chris took the higher road in so many ways, even in not filing a police report,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. but and can you really, like, as Chris writes, a person trying to th- still thrive in an industry, can you file a police report against Will Smith? I mean, you got mm-hmm. smacked at a on on national television, and no one came to your rescue. They checked on him. so Kate that that's the same conversation is why we, why we have empathy for female victims who never report their abusers. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it is the right. same. But because black women have been so unprotected and so traumatized and so abused, then we we all we we're conflating a moment. We're conflating a moment of like, yeah, this was about us. No, nah, this was about somebody who lost control and
0: as I day. as I pat my little bald spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, what, I think what you brought up is a good point. Is no matter what, everyone makes this moment about themselves, right? Yeah, yeah, right. right. I mean, yeah. that's the part of comedy too. It's like in a comedy club, when someone is triggered, you're making it about yourself. You're not making it about the room or anything else. You're only making it about yourself.
2: Yeah, I know you want to move on, Marina, to other um, articles, but I'll say this because it really made me think of this. I did a, I posted an old joke that I did. Um, I used to, I used to always say like, I, I, I used to tell this joke about how uh, we need to take like empower ourselves, like we could just admit that we're crazy, like it's fine, like. But, but my joke was like, we're not crazy the way guys say we're crazy. I'll tell you what really makes us crazy. You, you know, like I'm not crazy because. I go through your phone. I'm crazy because I'm actually with you. You get know what I'm saying? Like, I, that, that was like the premise of my joke, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of it, I say, you know, and just for all the women, because there's something that we has been used negatively against us. Our emotions have been used. Our biology mm-hmm. has been used negatively against us. And so we don't like to empower, you know, we, we don't like to admit certain things, right? And so I was like, okay, women, if you don't think that you're crazy, it's like HPV. It's in there. It's just lying dormant, waiting for the right person to bring it out. Right. That was the line. I got a very long letter from a woman who said, I can't believe one of my favorite comedians made fun of me. And that was the title of the letter. And then she said, I have HPV. My ex gave me HPV when he cheated on me. As a result, I've had to get my ovaries, my, my ovaries removed. I mean she gave me every traumatic mm. thing that happened to her since that man uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, stepped out on her. And I said, I normally wouldn't respond, you know, to this, but I just want you to be I just I want to walk you through something you did. I said first, I'm so sorry that you experienced that trauma. I'm so sorry about that. I said, however, I never made fun of HPV. Go back and watch the joke. I said, I said, what is HPV? I said, what do they say that we all have HPV, right? It lies dormant and then something activates it. Something, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a shot, whether it's an emotion thing, it's something that exists in us and it just lies dormant. It, not in everybody, but in most of us, right? I said, so do, would you say that that's accurate? And she said, yeah. I said, so go back and listen to my joke. I didn't make fun of you or HPV. So she went back, she came back and apologized. Mm. She was like, you know, she was like, I'm so sorry, she said. And I also told her, because you know, they threatened to unfollow you. She was like, and now I have to unfollow one of my I said, well, listen, I, I suggest that you unfollow me because I don't want to be the trigger to your trauma. you know. And so she was like, um, she said, I went back and listened and you're absolutely right. She said, but I was sensitive to it because of my what happened to me she said but i think now about what you said i've laughed at dave Chappelle making fun of this group of people that's she right said, the reason why i laugh is mm-hmm. because she said but the joke will always bother somebody the joke yeah. will always bother somebody
0: that's right that's right that's absolutely right and we're all especially as comedians i speak as comedian now is like there are jokes that I know I do, where someone is going to take offense to it. No matter what I do, that's because I'm doing jokes. Jokes create tension. The release is the laughter, is the release of the tension. So yeah, you know, I defend Chris's right. Obviously, freedom of speech, jokes. But I also understand that people, and it's great that this woman wrote out everything because I think that that's her right. You know, but mm-hmm. I, and I think what's beautiful about that moment is you took the time to respond to her and educate her about the actual joke and not and she titled it about herself. She made it about mm-hmm. herself, you know. Um, so I think they're always that's what a, a joke does. It is always a moment where you can learn from a joke or you cannot learn from. We definitely learned from Chris's joke, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it's so loaded. But I will say this, like as a comedian right now, it is a difficult job. The way that I joke about things that used to be more public, I I take a moment now with every joke I write. And that's either a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. I mean, I definitely think the audience is going to miss out on a lot of uncensored comedy in the next whatever 10 years because comics are going to be like trying to figure out how to make it so that it's a well-crafted joke. Mm
2: -hmm. Also, last thing, lastly, lastly, and I will get, you know, because you know, Marina, I could, well, I mean, we could talk (laughs) for hours about this, but you know, all the black women that talk about like, and this is, I'm not attacking black women, but I mean, in the conversation of celebrating, elevating, protecting black women, guess what? We ain't got a word to say about the beautiful work Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall. And Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer was obviously not black, but you know what I'm saying. That 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 was completely missed. Well,
0: mm-hmm. they have been talking about it on shows. They've been like did, they talked about it on The View. But you're absolutely right. It also it's there's so many moments that we're not talking about to to elevate. Right, you're and right. Then you're absolutely you, if right. If you can't do yeah. comedy at an
2: award show, I mean, what?
0: Who who won best picture?
2: Nobody cares.
0: I mean, the person yeah, they who won did. Best well. They have been attacking um, Amy for some joke she did about making someone the street, a seat filler. I forgot her name, the actress, but it was like also a joke that was pre worked out. A lot of people don't even understand jokes, by the way. So a lot of times they're commenting on things they don't even understand. Um, Stand up comedy is the most, unless you do it, unknown art form that everyone is an expert on right? Yeah. And
2: Marina, you know this, me, you and I know this. We, every comedian has the same thing. When we have to do an industry show, what do we do? Uh Ugh. they don't laugh. We want to do we want to do shows for hundreds and thousands and millions of just regular ass people. The people that are going to see Sharita for financial advice, the people that, you say we want. Yeah. We want to see. We want to make it laugh. The fucking Walmart greeter. That's who we want to make. La- we do not. We do not want to make Hollywood's elite. Like, they don't laugh.
0: It's I don't the know what amount of money you world.
2: need to lose your sense of humor, but they don't laugh.
0: Speaking of laughter, um <laughs> look at my segues. I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into the segue of well, one, Sharita, I think you should know that Zaynab is on a very successful hit show called Upload on Amazon. I don't want to be, I would be remiss if I did not, I've always wanted to say remiss, if I did not mention this, um, which is one of our articles about uploading your consciousness um into your Afterlife, to a virtual yeah, to a, a virtual, virtual afterlife. afterlife, which I am watching. I am a fan of the show. I'm attracted to to the man, the main character. He's so fine, Raphael. Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, could we but really use science to upload our minds? I mean, this is you know what I love about this show. More more importantly, is um, it brings um. This art, this someone wrote this further the prospect of uploading raises serious ethical questions like the rights of these uploaded beings, forming relationships with digital people who lack physical bodies, and social inequalities in computer afterlife. And they said, I actually think the first season did a pretty good job of exploring both the attractions and the dangers of such technologies as well as some of its complex and that's what's so great about the show is cuz it mirrors kind of like our future of the dangers of this type of science mm. are you so are, are you familiar
2: oh god i was just going to say cuz i i was going to give you a synopsis i was going to tell you about the show Sherita. Um, okay with yeah so it's um it's a half hour like sci-fi comedy um and basically as marina said um in the very near future it's like 2032 you mm-hmm. uh, people have the option of uploading their consciousness to a virtual heaven um okay and then our first season in our first season our um lead actress, she, the character's name is Nora, she uploads our lead mail and they end up having energy, you know? It's Mm. sort of like this. Loves, yeah, and so it's all kind of like, there's this, there's this, there's these, you know interpersonal relationships happening that we follow, but also there's a really large technical element, and it's like where are we going? You know, a lot of the things that we do now are uploaded to the cloud. Remember when we had to choose to upload things to the cloud? Right. Now you have it just phone. does it, it automatically, automatically yeah. puts your shit in the cloud. You know. Right. And so and so our show is um, ex- exploring, um, you know, the the, the world going so meta for lack of better terms, right. That mm-hmm. eventually meta will even exist in the afterlife, you mm. know? Um, and this is a question, this is a question that I get in every interview. So I'll just ask you Sharita, and I'll ask you Marina. All
0: right. Would, okay. you, would you upload? Yeah, that's a good question. Absolutely. Um, because I thought about that actually a lot and. um, I mean, they, the, the process of the upload on the show is so horrid <laughs> uh, that it makes you go, N-n-n-n. and I guess... I'm on the fence. <laughs> I'm on the fence, too. I, I don't know. It's like you kind of want your being to exist up there, but... Right. I, don't I, think,
2: everybody, I think everybody that chooses to upload, they have um, FOMO. You know, just a fear of missing out. Um, And I think that people who struggle with that question, like, I feel like that's that's I could be wrong. This I'm only speculating. But like the thing that puts us on the fence, especially let me not say especially. I don't want to make that assumption. The thing that will put someone like me on the fence is that I have really strong ties to faith. And so when you have really strong ties to faith, you believe in heaven. And you mm-hmm. believe that you've done good in the world enough and so you have like this 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 heaven waiting for you you know but then there's that other part of us that's like well, i mean I, I i think i'm going up but what if it don't is it, well i don't want to be up there everybody else is just in virtual you know mm-hmm. the, in the virtual heaven just having a good old time i mean what's right. you know like i don't want to miss out and so I think that that's the thing that puts us on the fence. But I think people who have very little tie to like any sort of like faith, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll upload immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, <laughs> that is the that is the moment that I had. I said, well, what about like heaven and God? And yeah, I was I was definitely thinking of that. And I was like, now I've got to challenge my own views about my religion to answer this question. Yeah. Um. going back to like finance and then we'll get out. I do have, this is, I guess I want to look, it's a loaded question, but I'll try to figure out how do we look at the future? We're talking about these two articles are talking about America's worry with inflation. Mm -hmm. Recession is definitely coming as all the experts are saying. They see it. I talked to my uncle this week. He said, it's as I said, four letter, he said it shitty. It's going to be shitty for the next 15 years. How does someone plan for that?
3: They definitely one of one of the things they got to start planning for is the future is right now. <laughs> like, um, I think that's why that article had me like, "What do you do?" Because you, it's yeah. right now, because we don't know how long our future is. That's the that's the part. I think that's why I'm excited. I will be watching that show, by the way. But I think that's what makes it. Um, and you know, that, that's going to be our date night um, show now. <laughs> But back to, you know, just to dive, deep dive in that the future is now. That con- I'm glad you asked this question after, you know, Zaynab present- told me about what the show's about, because I think that FOMO is also a critical thing of why a lot of people, whether you're a millennial or you're someone that's 80, that we're always like, what are we missing out on? What did I What if I don't do it now? And I think that's what keeps people financially stuck because they're like, I know I have to worry about my future, but I don't want to miss out on those things that I want to do right now by budgeting, by making sure that they have a platform like Self Financial to to help them to build credit in a way that makes sense. And it's not going to have them thinking that they're missing out. Because you get to decide. The great thing about self is that you get to decide where you wh- what fits inside your budget. Their platform gives you that opportunity to start thinking and planning now. And it helps them to think about like, how do I know about renting a home or becoming buying commercial property or someone like myself who's buying a home? I mean, a farm. It's so many life-changing things. You just kind of just get stuck. You don't know what to do. Like, when she asked me that question, I was literally stuck. I'm like, I don't know, because there's so many variables, like she said, like my faith is important to me. So it makes me think about what if I don't do it? What if it's something that's really I'm supposed to be doing? But I think that's where you have to kind of just pause for a second and figure out, are you really missing out? And can is there other ways for you to be able to build up to getting into you know into that path that won't make you feel like? I'm missing out in the world's leaving behind because I feel like I'm budgeting. So it feels restrictive. My credit's a mess. So I don't know where to go. I don't even know how to get into home purchase, which is many household. 44 million households are renters. I don't know if y'all know that. 44%. So for Zainab to be a homeowner, for all of us to be thinking about home ownership and acquiring land and commercial properties and real estate we're beating the norm. (laughs) We're doing something that's different. And that's why I keep advocating for us that finances is great. But we heard from that story from Wells Fargo and from Chase, we still need credit because it's another barrier where we are ultimately being, it's a character flaw. I worked for the government. The part of the government that I worked for they personal credit became a very big factor on whether I was going to get that job. And a lot Mm. of times we don't think about those future things because we're spending or enjoying the things right now. So it's important for us to kind of get into a pattern of that. You can, for me, and this is just me, I think you can do both. I think you can live now and live for the future But the living for the future part comes from just planning and doing simple things like managing your money, understanding what's your, what's your, for me, I tell everybody, I love what I do, but there's so many other things that I desire to do. So I said, you know what? What's my finance? What, what, what's my retirement date? Not a number, because Mm -hmm. I don't want the government to tell me when I can retire. So I said, you know what? I want to do so many other things. So I had to put a date on it. December tw- December 31st, 2029 at 11:59 p.m. Central Standard Time. I will retire. And it's not that I'm not, I'm going to stop doing things, but I'll have would have built my own path to wealth so that way I can help someone else to start theirs. Because I want to get into a situation where I'm what the Beyonce's and the Chris Rocks and the Will Smiths of the world. I want to be able to be the philanthropist. I want we should I want to I want to join those like Bill Gates and and Warren Buffett where we can give 50 million dollars and not think about it. But I I can't start doing that. I can't. I have to start thinking about that process and what that looks like right now. And the only way I was able to do it, I wouldn't be right here, y'all. I wanted to give up. My two kids were staring back at me thinking that we were on a long-term vacation, but we were in a one-room hotel with no address and no direction. But it was me starting to think about this time. I didn't know it was going to come to this, but putting myself into a situation where I was able to secure my bucket list job started with me. Budgeting, starting to understand money management, thinking about investing. But most importantly, I knew when I saw that application for the government, the one thing that stuck out with me was like my credit. So I said, wait, I can't be a homeowner. I can't get the job and I can't get the credit and I can't become a homeowner without this very pivotal piece. And so that's why I tell people finances and credit lead to so many other things because now you have purchasing power because the only reason why I'm entrepreneur I'm with Zaynab. I put everything on my business Amex <laughs> everything <laughs> everything but I was at 342 they would not they were not they were denying it hurt my heart when when I tried to apply for a secure credit card with Bank of America and they sent me my money back it hurt my heart and all I but I was trying I was trying and if it wasn't for platforms like self-financial that was helping to increase economic inclusion and financial resilience by building credit I wouldn't be sitting here at the 800s I'm nine well some of my scores are nine nine points away from having a perfect score but it wasn't I'm about, about a hundred
0: maybe a hundred <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying
3: but look what <laughs> but but look what happens. Look what happens when we can open up those doors. Now you can go back to your chases and your Wells Fargo to round it out and say, there's no reason why you should deny me. I my finances in order. I understand my net worth. I have a plan, a financial advisor. I have my money team, including the CPA, bookkeeping, all of those things. And I have personal credit, but everybody won't get that step and somebody's going to be listening to this and saying, "Man, I don't even know where to start." Write down mm. your expenses. Put you on your budget. It's hard to stay consistent with budgeting when when you feel like everything is that you're making is going out the door or it's going towards savings. So that's why I always tell people, "I have a budget with a line item for for savings and or slash emergency fund, but I also have a line item for fund money which is me." Because we can't just keep paying everybody else and not paying ourselves or enjoying the fruits of our heart, of our work. Because you won't stay consistent and, and staying consistent comes from discipline, but it also comes from you being able to see that some of the money, even though I have to pay bills and I have to save, I me I'm on my budget and it's a no, it's non negotiable because that's going to keep you moving forward and then being able to understand that my credit opens up more opportunities. And guess what? For those who are renting, because I told you guys, 44 million people are renters, but how do you build your credit without having to pay or get so many of our people get scammed from credit repair and, you know, or credit restoration, but you got to go to a company, a reputable company and work with someone who's not going to take your money, but also not charge you where you can't stay consistent with it because you'll end back in the same situation that you were before. So this is why I want people who are listening to know that self is now reporting to your rent. So they're going to report your rent, your cell phone, your utilities. So that way you don't have to end up bracking up unnecessary credit cards. Some of us get got that old credit card where the interest rate is 29% and you want to cut it up, but you can't because you know your credit score will drop. So these are options that you can use that can be life-changing without you having to risk maybe putting your money because most people, if they've had credit repair, it's not one time. They've been to two, three, five or six companies. You know that, especially people of color. So it's important for us to put something in that's going to be a one-stop shop that we can say whether you pick twenty-five dollars, forty-eight dollars a month, or whatever. Self is going to allow you to be able to save and build your credit. Now the only you they, now that's one less thing off of your plate. Now you can just focus on your finances and get that thing in order. So that way you now become, get back into the driver's seat of your finances and your financial future. I learned from the library word that I say this all the time. I didn't know anything because we didn't use this in our house. Trajectory, that is one thing that you have that you can decide. You decide that you can determine your financial trajectory. You can determine where you're going to end up. You can determine, are you going to continue to be part of the 44 million who are renting? For 30 years, are you going to decide, you know what, I'm sick and tired and sick and tired of doing the same thing generation after generation and generation, and we're still here because some of the things, especially of people of color, we can change. The other things, we're, we're dealing with racial inequalities. That's just what it is. But we don't have to accept what it is. And I think that's where we change that. They said by 2030 or 2050, there will be no wealth in the black community. Well, I'm looking. I've I've been on a panel today with wealthy women. Thank you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It may not show up (laughs) in Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. But at some point, we've already we've done most in our ancestors. Because they got they they had it, but they couldn't maintain it. And for us, we're going to take the maintenance and the wealth. So your your wealth number may be different from mine, but we're going to close the wealth gap and we're going to do it with, you know, with better financial principles, being more disciplined, but understanding how to be able to leverage credit. Because even with that, now we can go in and not pay 72 months for a car that's worth the Bluebeck value It's worth three thousand dollars. At the end of it, because do you even want the car in 84 months with a with with what you're paying? Z- Zainab can probably tell you you're probably paying half or almost all of her mortgage for something that you riding in. You're, dry, you're driving your wealth and h- how that's the most depreciating asset on, on the one of them on the planet. So we got to start thinking about things that are assets. And stops always think getting ourselves into a pattern of liabilities. Because they because if that, we will continue to stay where we are. We will continue to look at year after year. We can't keep letting the IRS or these government or any of these agencies hold our money until tax season. We gotta start tax planning. All if right. You, well, you you gotta start tax planning. That's important.
0: Yes. You got to yeah. get insurance. We can't keep doing a GoFundMe. Absolutely. I totally you know, it's just go ahead, say now.
2: I, I also wanted to say this about the show, Sharita, uh, because you mentioned um, your future plans to be a land and farm owner. And in the show in the second season, because the, the, the future world becomes so digitized, Um, what they're trying to go back to is establishing farmland and growing things naturally. And so I just, I I think that you will enjoy the show. And I think that you are on to something. Every single thing that our creator and writer puts in the show, it fucking happens. Marina, you know, our first season, the lead actress, she starts out in a mask. And we Mm -hmm. filmed that way before the pandemic. We filmed that in 2019. You know, so uh, we, we have like a memory parlor on the show and- uh, not Bezos, but was was Tesla.
3: Um, Elon Musk.
2: Who's Tesla. Elon Musk. He released an article saying that he was trying to save people's memories and dreams virtually. You know, and so the fact that you were like, "No, what we can't, what they're not making more of is land," and so that's what we are going after. That, that you're on to something.
0: I think it's just such a great conversation for us to be having now. I have really. Um, I think this is, as Holo said before she left, it's really great to talk about this with women who look, you know, similar and have uh, similar issues. So um, we do have to get out. On for I, you know, I could talk. I I really like Sherita. Will you please come back? Yes, to friends of course. like us, we would love <laughs> to have you back because I can talk for another hour with you about like very specific things you know um but this is just a really good start of a a really great friendship because i i really believe that the you know the number of people and we have men listeners too that are listening to this are going to take this and run with it it's so such important information um Sharita, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and give us a Friends like us? Yes. So I am Sharita MH on
3: all social media platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I also have an amazing Facebook group where we talk about how to create your own path to wealth. It's called the um, it's on Facebook, it's called the Money Mindset Movement. But you can reach me over at SharitaMhumphrey.com. Um, one of the things that i like to say uh, to close it out is that I applaud the work that you ladies are doing. Keep making us laugh in those moments when we feel low and that I am feeling at my highest from your energy. So with friends like us, the energy will always be positive, even when it seems like you're dealing with so much and know that because of friends like us, that you are in the most positive space because you're just being your most authentic self. Oh, my
0: God. Thank you. Oh that was the God. best friends like us. That, that deserves an Oscar. An Oscar with no slap. No slap. Yes. <laughs> 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 thank you, Sherita Zainab. You.
2: um It was such a pleasure chatting with you and learning from you, Sharita. And even, you know, hearing your opinion, oftentimes when... You know on podcast professionals are interviewed you know and, and and we like receive their expertise i don't think we ever just talk to them as human beings and like this you know we all experience like this very human thing that happens so so thank you for being open to sharing um on all social media platforms well yeah sure you guys can find me on instagram and twitter at zainab johnson z-a-i-n-a-b johnson on tiktok it is the zainab johnson t-h-e-z-a-i-n-a-b johnson my website is zainab johnson there's a bunch of tour dates up now or road dates um and so see if i'm coming to a city near you so go out to my Go to my website and check out the shows. If you haven't watched Upload, it is on Amazon right now. It is streaming the second season, so you guys can binge one and two seasons or two seasons if you're already uh, caught up. And with friends like us, we will definitely keep making you laugh.
0: Yes. (laughs) No. No. I was joking. That was a phoniest laugh. That was the, <laughs> <phoniest> laugh. <laughs> that was the <laughs> laugh of Will Will Smith. That was his laugh. <laughs> uh, Marina Franklin here. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Yes, I'm back on the road. So just check my dates out there. And with friends like us, the learning never stops. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was wonderful. Check, check us, us out. out. <laughs>